Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that takes a look at all things marketing in the world of sports. Alongside Brian Cristiano, I'm Rob Cressy. I'd like to welcome Erica Cress, Vice President of Marketing and Communications for the Columbus Crew SC to the Sports Marketing Huddle. Hey, Erica, OH. I.O. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes. So I wanted to start out by talking about the grassroots marketing that the Columbus Crew SC is doing. Can you give some examples of things that have performed well? Yeah, absolutely. So a few years back, we really shifted our focus in grassroots, whereas we used to go to events that were just free to us, where people would invite us out. We ended up being more like a babysitting service at these events where it was very kid-friendly. We had a lot of inflatables. It was very, you know, Chuck E. Cheese, Mickey Mouse's, and um, that was what we were really kind of just doing, going out and being branding for these events, really. There wasn't a benefit for us. So what we did was we took a step back and we looked at the core demographic that we're going after, which is millennials, and we talked about what events are millennials going to, right? We're talking about beer fests and October fests and art fests and um, food truck festivals here in the city, and those type of things. So instead of going to all the free events and being, you know, kind of secluded to the kids zone, right? We, some of these events we pay to be at and we pay for a prime location or we pay to be a partner. So, you know, our brand ambassador is the one tapping the keg at the Oktoberfest. Like we're part of the festival, you know, we're not just secluded out into the corner where the kids are. Um, And we're doing activities at the tent or the area that we have that are, Again, more millennial focus. We have, you know, cornhole or plinko board or different giveaways and different enter to win contests that are driving people over to our area that, you know, may or may not have experienced our brand before. So it's that first touch point, and we're um, collecting data there. Once we collect data there on site, we bring it back here to the office. It gets tagged with that event. They automatically get an email bounce back that says, hey, it's great seeing you at ArtsFest. Here's some upcoming events. Here's a special offer. And then that data gets given to our sales staff that in turn tries to sell season tickets and packages to those people. And even though we're spending more money in grassroots because we're paying to be at these events and we're paying um, staff to do the data capture, whereas in the past it was you know, unpaid interns and free events, we're still seeing a really significant ROI on these events. Um, And actually, we started this in 15, and in 16, we actually saw the ROI jump up even more, another 7, almost 8% more from 15 to 16. Um, And so for us, there's a a dollar value that we're associating with it, so it makes it easier to spend money, and we can track everything that we're doing. How and, And how are you tracking that, right? So how do you know that the ROI has increased now that you're spending money at these events? So our, we have our um, database analytics manager that's been really helpful, and our grassroots manager works hand-in-hand. Hand. So when we go out to um, an event, we have iPads, but instead of using some type of program where we have to have Wi-Fi, which is, you know, as you know, sometimes spotty when we go out or if we bring our own hotspot and that type of thing, where they have an app now where all the data is inputted and it dumps it into like an Excel spreadsheet. And then that Excel spreadsheet then is given to our database analytics manager, which you know, tags everything for that event and then assigns the leads to the various sales staff. And then the email automatically gets generated when those leads get, you know, uploaded into our system. So the grassroots manager and the database analytics manager works hand in hand on that. And then over time, over the year, those events, you know, those leads are tagged 
you know, this is a new lead that came from the Arts Fest. And then, if, you know, a month later or two months later, we've sold them a season ticket package or a partial plan or something like that. The dollar amount is then associated with that event and we track it over time. So this year when we were planning what events we were going to, there were some events that we, you know, have a bigger presence at because we drove more revenue from that event last year. Or there's some events that we might not be going to because we didn't drive as much revenue as we expected from that event versus what we spent. So, all of our decisions are based off of the dollar amounts that are coming in. Got it. That makes complete sense. And let's take a quick step back, right? So, you you made this decision to 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 make the change, uh, kind of go from a, a bit of a, I guess, a very young or carnival type of demographic, you know, from the events that you're doing to we're going to pay to for placement. We're going to put ourselves in a bit of a higher end position and 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 really go more after the younger millennial crowd that really appreciates it. What? How did you decide? To, to make that move? At what point did you realize, you know what, what we're doing isn't working and here's what we're going to do about it? Well, um, some of it goes back to when we rebranded re in 2014. Um, we have new ownership group that came in in July of 13. And one of those things that they, you know, Anthony Precord, our owner, said at his initial press conference was, you know, he wanted to rebrand the club to connect us better with the city. And the demographic that we were trying to go after was the millennials, right? And so we took a look at everything we're doing as a business, not just our brand. It wasn't just a logo. It wasn't just a badge. It was about everything we're doing as a whole and making sure that, one, when we are spending money, that it's being spent in the right way, but also that we're trying to do things to get the right people in the door. And so grassroots was one of the areas that we looked at. And we noticed that everything we were doing was, again, not to the right demographic. And not to say that we don't still go to some family events and we still don't, you know, have families at our matches. We absolutely do. But when we see the biggest opportunity for growth and driving revenue, it's in that millennial demographic. And so when we were looking at our business as a whole, this was one of the areas we looked at and we realized, you know, we weren't really in the in the right lane as, as to everything else we wanted to be aligned with as a company. And when we realized, okay, to, to be at these events and to be in the right locations, it is going to cost money. We wanted to make sure we could show the revenue that was coming in for it. We just didn't want to be out there and saying like, oh yeah, it's great branding for us. It's great for us. We we felt like we could come up with a way um, to track that. And we did. And there were a lot of people involved in that process, obviously, and it took some time, but we've been able to um, you know, track that over time. And we've seen a, a very positive push for it. So we've continued to put money into that department to continue to drive revenue. Ohio State fans are super passionate. How have you been able to channel that fandom into helping you guys grow the fan base for the crew? Well, it's great. I mean, you know, Columbus has been voted, you know, one of the top sports cities in the country, you know, multiple times. And we have a great tradition of sports here from obviously, you know, Ohio State football has been here the longest. And then we were the first professional major league team here in the city. Um, we were the first professional major league um, team in major league soccer we were awarded the first franchise and we play in the first soccer specific stadium major league soccer specific stadium here in the country um, and then we have you know the NHL team has come since then and we have a triple a baseball team as well so there's a lot of you know sports tradition here and for us it's really just finding the right demographics you know there was a time where years ago maybe we wouldn't want to play on the same weekend when there's no Ohio State football game um, the last few years we've gone head-to-head -head with an Ohio State football game and sold out our matches the same time, same day, you know, 
less than a few miles down the road, they have 100,000 people at their stadium and we have, you know, 20,000 people here. So it's interesting to see the appetite for sports here in our market and to see that really we can all coexist and support each other, which we do. Um, and really it's, it's good for each other. The more success that we have, it's good for the other teams. The more success that they have, it's good for us. So it's been really interesting. And Columbus is a really unique market. I mean, it's very collaborative and supportive of each other. And um, I know that you hear a lot of people say those things, but it's, it's real here and it is um, very evident. And when you see those type of things happen. With a huge appetite for sports in Columbus, uh, have you guys used user-generated content as part of your marketing mix? We have at times. It's more on our digital and social media platforms that we use that. Um, it's not something that we've necessarily used um, a lot in some of our you know, more traditional advertising, but we have used it in digital and social media a good bit. And we've used our um, supporters and our season ticket members as part of our you know, um, renewal and extension campaigns over the years. And we've seen a lot of success with that where it feels very authentic, right? We're not trying to fake, oh, here's an actor that we put into a jersey and they're doing this or that. You know, They're really our supporters. They're really our season ticket members. Um, and we've done things with our players and them together. Um, but yeah, we've done some things on social media more than our traditional advertising. What do you see as the number one most important thing as you're doing marketing, regardless of the channel and how you're doing it? What is the most important thing that you think it takes to be successful in marketing today? Well, I think there's a couple different things. I mean, I think the authenticity is really important um, because especially for soccer fans and soccer supporters, I mean, they are so in tune to the brand and the sport and being authentic, and that's what they love about it. You know, it's not um, like our, our match experience is is really driven from our supporters groups, right, in the experience in the stadium. It's not, you know, something where it's all, you know, kind of um, instructed by, you know, different sound effects or video board graphics and those different things. It's really, it's really organic, and it comes from them, and I think that's something that they appreciate is that being authentic and organic to the brand um, and the team and the sport, and that's something that they really appreciate. But, you know, just the creativity behind anything that we do, you know, when we're looking at what we're going to do, on the video side, which we've really put a focus in the last few years is going all in on video and the creativity and coming up with you know, different things that we can do, um, different access that we can have in our locker room before the matches and various things that, you know, I mean, other teams and other leagues are doing, but we're continually trying to be creative with it and push the envelope. And, you know, as you know, the pace is, is crazy fast and things are happening really fast and decisions need to be made really fast because, you, you know, if there's an idea or something comes up, sometimes you just have to act on it and do it. And so, you know, empowering people to be able to make those um, decisions are really important too. One of the more successful things we did last year was we revealed our new kit um, and the kit was a unique um, unique colors and it were the colors of our city flag. And immediately when we, you know, our, our brand is very, is black and gold, everything we've ever done, you know, on the kit side, it's been black and gold, black and gold. And the kit was um, blue and red and yellow and white. So it was 
way different for everybody. And of course, you know, when there's something really drastically different like that, you'll get some negative feedback. Well, we were getting flooded with a lot of maybe negative comments. And immediately we sat down and we're like, oh, we have to do a mean tweet. So we have to have our players read mean tweets. Like this will be hilarious. Like it'll be great. And we did that. And it, you know, was amazing the response that we got. And it was syndicated all over the you know, national media and the views and everything were through the roof. But if we wouldn't have been able to have that creativity and empowering people to make decisions quickly, um, we might have missed that window, you know, to capitalize on it. Erica, we really appreciate you coming on the Sports Marketing Huddle, and we look forward to seeing more awesomeness coming out of the Columbus Crew SC. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. As always, thanks for listening. You can subscribe to the Sports Marketing Huddle on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher.